1: And we're coming to you today mostly from Colorado Springs, home of David C. Cook, the uh, Sunday school curriculum uh, company that produced the material that I cut my spiritual teeth on in uh, Sunday school class as a kid. And it uh, reminds me to, to uh, appreciate all of you out there who teach squirmy boys and girls in, in uh, Sunday school like so many. Uh, men and women did in my growing up years, patiently uh, sharing uh, the message of Jesus uh, with me, even when I always wasn't wasn't always a great listener. So appreciate uh, those folks. I'm Terry, and I'm the church ministries leader for the Alliance.
2: And I'm Alan, director of multiplication Eastern PA. And having been grafted into the Alliance, uh, I actually grew up on regular Baptist press. Did not know anything about David C. Cook back in the day.
1: Now you do. So uh, our interviewee today, and I should say Caitlin Guyberson is here too. I almost forgot you, Caitlin. We appreciate you and uh, all you do to make this thing happen. And uh, our interviewee today on this episode is Jen Vogel. Jen is our national leader for Alliance Women and uh, also a member of the President's uh, Cabinet, good friend, great leader. And we're going to be talking to her about Alliance Women in specific, but also about women's ministry in the local church in uh, general. And uh, Alan, you discovered that you have some uh, common friends with uh, Jill.
2: I was totally surprised to learn about her connection to Orange City, Iowa, home of the Tulip Festival, uh, which is a beautiful thing to attend. But our good friends, Dirk and Jill, uh, who we met here in Pennsylvania, that's their hometown, and I've been there. And it was so cool to, to see that connection.
1: So uh, you just never know.
2: You never know what you're going to find out on Equipping You podcast. Exactly.
1: So grab yourself a bubbly mango sparkling water, my new drink of choice. Sit back, relax. Here we go.
0: Hey, Equipping You friends, it's Caitlin here. And I want to tell you about something super special that we have launched here at Equipping You that's just for you. And we think you're really going to love it. If you're an avid Equipping You listener, an Equipping You live attender, or both, you need to join our Facebook group called Equipping You Community. We love that on the podcast and at Equipping You Live, we get to empower you in your ministries. But we believe that for you to really see the true transformation of your leadership that you want, applying what you learn in community is key. So pause this episode right now and head over to facebook.com slash groups Slash equipping you community, or you can go to equipping you.com and scroll all the way to the bottom and click on equipping you community. We can't wait to see you there.
1: Well, we're pleased to welcome to Equipping You podcast, Jen Vogel. Jen, glad to have you here, and thanks for taking the time to be with us today.
3: Hey, it's my pleasure.
1: So, uh, we always love to hear the uh, stories of our guests' spiritual journey. So, tell us how you came to know Christ and any other significant spiritual items in your life experience? And uh, we started asking this question recently. Uh, who were some leaders who really influenced you early in your Christian walk and ministry?
3: Well, sure. I'm happy to share my story. I have a pretty, a, a pretty typical. Uh, Spiritual journey story for a kid who grew up in the church. I had Christian parents, and I always, I always believed the gospel message. I always really embraced that good news that there was a Creator God who loved me and um, had a way to save me and, and give me a place in heaven. You know, that was just a, a very early lesson, an early truth that I adopted. And when I work with kids. I always tell them I accepted Christ early in life, probably when I was about four, but I was a repeat responder. You know, I would hear the gospel message and you know, I'd go forward in a service or I'd pray behind my bedroom door or I would, I mean, I, I just didn't have assurance until I was probably about nine. And at the age of nine, I distinctly remember I was at my grandfather's Bible camp and I just, I just knew that I knew. That this commitment to Christ was was mine. It was my decision, and it was going to be mine for life. I didn't do it because I wanted to please my parents. I did it because I wanted Jesus to be with me for life. And so, at nine, I went forward at a service and um, asked to be baptized. So that was probably, you know, kind of like the seal the deal moment in my heart that this was going to be my personal walk with Jesus for the rest of my life. That was at nine. And then when I was 12, my family moved from Minnesota to Northwest Iowa, and that was my first introduction to the Alliance. We began attending an Alliance church, and I would say there was the first person that I could identify as being an influential leader in my, in my Christian walk. The pastor at the time was was Pastor Hank Elgersma at the Dover Avenue Alliance Church. And he had an influence in my life around the Word of God he had this program that he offered to kids and teenagers that you you could take sermon notes as as he was as he was preaching the sermon he didn't give you an outline you had to come up with you had to listen well enough to just take your own notes and what that did for me is it it's it built within me this expectation that when i opened the word of god and when i listened to it there was something specific for me that day and the word of God began to come alive under Pastor Hank's leadership. So he was probably the first person that just really developed within me a, a hunger and a, a passion for God's word. And from there, I think probably leaders that helped me in developing my, developing my specific ministry that God was, was creating for me, particularly within the ministry to women i would say on the district level my influencer was mary block she was a retired international worker from colombia and she was the alliance women's district leader at the time that i came into the into this ministry so i watched her closely and eventually took her took her position and then once i was on the district level of alliance women it was susan bernard that really showed me that there was even more opportunities within Alliance Women on the national level. She was the national director, and she just led with such grace and commitment to the word of God and the work of God around the world that she helped inform my leadership. The last one I would like to mention is Dr. Richard Bush. Mm -hmm. I was privileged to go through the three years of life on life spiritual formation retreats under his leadership and his daughter, Candy Anderson. And that has been transformational in wow. my, in my life personally and as a leader.
2: That's fantastic. But, yep. Terry, I'm so glad we asked this question. I always yep. love yep. learning about who influenced our, the leaders we talked to.
1: Absolutely,
2: So encouraging. Thank you for that. Uh, so some big changes in Alliance Women, even including the name. Yep. <laughs> so <Well>. uh, <laughs> tell us about those changes and uh, the motivation behind those changes.
3: Well, we kind of returned to yeah. our traditional name of Alliance Women. And deja
2: vu all over Deja,
3: deja vu. But you didn't go
2: back to Women's Missionary Prayer Fellowship. <laughs> so. Well,
3: we didn't. And I will explain all of that to you. <laughs> we decided to keep it simple, to kind of, align ourselves more closely with the rest of the Alliance family. You know, we had CM Alliance Kids, we had Alliance Youth. If you look even broader to the Alliance World Fellowship, their their leader women's leadership teams were called Alliance Women as well. And so we thought we want to be a team player and we don't want to cause any confusion. So let's just go back to the name Alliance Women. It was the simplest way to describe who we are. We are women in this Alliance family. Some of the other changes that happened more recently is we decided to move away from being an auxiliary ministry where we were somewhat independent um, we, we fell under the purview of church ministries, but in practice we were quite independent. And that wasn't serving us well. We really felt that we needed to become more closely integrated within the church ministries team. And so we asked the Alliance Board of Directors to grant us that privilege of moving from an auxiliary to an integrated ministry within church ministries. And that's been a couple of years. And we're just at the beginning of the transition, but even already I see the, the impact of, of being more closely teamed together. We can collaborate together. I, can have a, I have a better understanding of what Church Ministries is trying to accomplish within the Alliance family and also what Alliance Missions is trying to accomplish. There's something about having a place at the table where you can listen in on those conversations and pull out the information that you need to be the best leader that you can be for the kind of for the lane that you're swimming in, in, in this family. Mm. So that that's probably been the biggest changes. We've also really simplified our structure. We're trying to become more nimble and adaptable so that the ministry of Alliance women can be sustainable.
2: Yep. Good stuff. Good
1: word. Yep. So, uh, what do you see as the value of having a national women's ministry organization, Jen?
3: Well, what I've understood just from living my own personal life is that there's value in being part of something bigger. You know, you get you get stuck in your own context, in your own local context, or in your own culture cultural context, and if if you have availability to something that's just a little bit bigger than you are, and can see things from a higher perspective, a broader perspective, there's great value in that. And what I've noticed in Alliance Women, particularly what we do on the national level, is we just give an opportunity for the women in our Alliance family to have a unified focus. We We can be on mission together, and we can also, because we are sort of interacting with each other and committed to each other, we can learn from each other, from women who have a different perspective from us, who are from a different culture. If we can create sort of that opportunity to network and connect, we all have a broadened perspective that I think is really helpful. On the national level, we do um, choose a, a spiritual emphasis every year, which I do think is helpful, even all the way down to the the local church level, if if a women's group wants to put together an event or they want to design a, a year's worth of study, they can adopt the spiritual emphasis that the, the national team of Alliance Women has provided for them. We write devotionals twice a month that they can access on our website. We use a variety of writers from our Alliance family. So we just generate some content that's distinctly Alliance. I know you can go on the website and, or you can go on the internet and find all sorts of resources. But if you're looking for something distinctly Alliance with that's written by Alliance women, women from the Alliance family, those are the types of things that we can provide on a national level.
2: That's great stuff. I appreciate that. I know that uh, it certainly has uh, Women's Ministry Alliance has gone over quite it's quite different than it was when I came into ministry over 30 years ago. I mean, what do you think? it should look like in a local church today, you know, what, what purpose, core values, what should they be aiming for?
3: Well, that's the, that's the, that's the golden ticket. If you can answer that one for everyone, (laughs) the the longer I'm in this, you know, I I probably drive people a a little bit nuts, but the reality is every local church has to figure that out for themselves. Mm. We're in a different era where I cannot develop a year-long handbook of things for every local church to adopt in their women's ministry. I'm not, I'm not going to tell them what they should do and when they should do it. Each local church has to figure out what makes sense in, in their local context. Now, I'm not going to leave them without any resources, I've already mentioned if they want to choose a spiritual emphasis, you can look at what Alliance of Women has developed for the year and adopt it or not the same with missions, mobilization efforts. If you want to find ways to join with what God's doing in the Alliance family, the Alliance Women national leadership team has developed specific projects that are for women by women that you could adopt through your prayers and financial gifts We have all of the hands-on projects that women can do through their missions mobilization efforts. And so, you know, it's kind of that whole 360 leadership sort of idea where you kind of have to look at look at what's happening above you and and look at what's happening below you and figure out the best things that you can take from, from everything that's available. So the local level. I'm sorry, but you're going to have to figure it out for yourself. <laughs> um, a few things that I will mention. If, if, you're, if, if women's ministries are stuck at the local level, um, w- women have changed. And a few things that I have observed is that they just really, they resist long-term commitment and they resist things that are too structured. In the past, you would you know, have a whole team that would have like a four-year commitment in their position, and they, they would just be really diligent in what they, ha- what they do. Now I'm noticing that we, again, need to be more nimble. We need to be, be more flexible. We need to invite women onto a team that has a, a specific task to do. Perhaps they just will plan one event. And then, then their commitment is is finished. It has to be smaller and more flexible to to get women drawn in and to give women opportunity to be involved. So it's it's much more dynamic than it used to be. I would say in the past it was a little more static, you know, that you would establish your leadership team and then they would do their their position for 2 to 4 years and then you'd have another turnover. This is much more fluid and dynamic. So mm.
1: yeah, good. Good stuff. So leadership is important whatever ministry we're talking about. Yes. And certainly important in a, if a local church is going to have a thriving women's ministry, leadership is important in that. So what does a local church women's ministry leader look like in terms of gifting and passions?
3: Yeah. Well, I go back to really how our president John Stumbo has described us as a movement that we are a Christ-centered X18 family and I always use that sort of outline to check myself and my own leadership and to coach other women in their leadership role. So, following that pattern, a local women's ministry leader needs to, first of all, be Christ-centered. She she has to have a dynamic, vibrant relationship with Jesus to, to the extent that she can daily receive what she needs from God through his word, through his spirit. I, I'm not looking for women who have a personal agenda or who have a, a lot of capacity on their own. I tend to perf- to look for women who are Christ-centered and recognize that apart from him, they can do nothing. So I want them to be Christ-centered. And then I want them to be on mission. You know, we're an Acts 1-8 family. So, so we are supposed to be doing something both locally and globally. And so I'm, I'm looking for a woman who has a passion to reach her own community, to understand how she can be a A winsome part of her own community, and then also understand that God is doing things around the world that that she can also be a part of. So I want a woman who is not only connected closely to Jesus, but I want a woman who understands that she needs to be on mission and lead by example. Love
2: it. Absolutely. And then
3: finally, you know, John says that we're a family. We're an axe, we're a Christ-centered x One Eight family. And so I'm looking for a leader who is able to delegate and collaborate and invite women to join her. So I find that statement to be very helpful, to kind of use as a filter for my coaching and for my my leadership search for other women. Excellent.
2: This is all so very encouraging to me. I appreciate your clear thinking there and uh, good input. And I think that'll be helpful. Last season, uh, we had Katie Cole on our podcast, and she talked yeah. about the role that that uh, male leaders can play uh, in helping female leaders and be supportive of them. Uh, I'd like to hear that from your perspective, too. How, how can... Male pastors and lay leaders support and encourage what needs to happen in women's ministry in the local church.
3: In the local church, I would say it's very similar, probably to what you heard from Katie, and that's in in invite her to the table, mm. um, to share her mission, her vision, her goals. We learn best when we listen to each other, and so if a local women's ministry leader has an opportunity, she doesn't have to be at every elder meeting or every leadership team meeting, but on a, on a consistent, on a regular basis, perhaps quarterly or yearly, invite that woman and maybe some members of her team to the table to say her piece, but also to have the privilege to listen in on the conversations that are happening on the local church level, because she may hear some things and she may have an insight into certain issues or certain goals that the local church leadership has that, that they haven't seen yet because they haven't heard a female perspective on things. So it's as simple as extending an invitation to one of those leadership team team meetings. Another thing that is really helpful in terms of a local women's leader's own personal well-being is if her Pastor or someone else will come to one of her events and just affirm her, introduce himself, show some appreciation for the effort that, that she has done to provide this event for her women. And so it kind of works both ways. Like, you know, you come to my thing, I'll come to your thing, let's affirm each other and let's let's just collaborate together. It's just honoring one another, extending respect to each other.
1: Absolutely, and great stuff. So, Jen, what do women uniquely or especially bring to the table in terms of ministry in the local church that you see as bringing great value?
3: Well, this was interesting. Um, back, I think it was Alliance Council 2015, I had, I had someone from my local church express a little bit of concern because... In in President Stumbo's, you know, We Will Love, Proclaim, Reach, and Launch, there was that we were going to launch women into something, and they were were concerned, you know, that we were going to launch women into something, and they didn't understand, you know, that actually this is a really healthy thing. So I sat down with, and it was a woman, I sat down with her, and I said, God has created us male and female for a reason. We have very unique perspectives on life. We have very unique experiences in life. When I follow Jesus as a woman, I would say it's different than your experience of following Jesus as a man. There's, there's just something uniquely different between being male and female. God created us to complete each other, to, to complete the other person's perspective on things. And this woman who was concerned about women even being invited to the leadership table, she listened to me. And at the end of our conversation, she said, you know, in the past my, my husband was was on the elder board, and there there were some situations. Well let, let me just say, there were some situations that were a bit tricky that they needed to decide how to handle. And she says, as I think back on that now. If there had been a female perspective on that situation, if a trusted female could Mm -hmm. have spoken into that situation, I think the elders may have made a few different decisions. Mm -hmm. There may have been just a little less hurt, a little more understanding. So it's just there's an opportunity to have a more holistic and a more complete perspective On the stuff of life, (laughs) when both men and women are invited to to listen to the Spirit, to listen to each other, and and to try to determine, you know, how do we move forward, particularly in, in some specific challenges that church families can face. If only men are trying to figure out <laughs> how to move forward in some things, I, I think it's probably to their detriment because they're, they're missing a few nuances that I think God in his wisdom allows allow women to just have.
2: Oof. I can't even imagine solving all of our family's problems <laughs> without my wife's input. So why in the world we get to the church? Do we think that men yeah. can solve all the problems? Yeah. Holy cow. All right sorry
3: well no that's that's a perfect that's a perfect um example of how you know how men and women when they work together in a respectful manner and they realize that they need each other to make the wisest decision yeah. i i think it's by design god made us so that we need each other
2: imagine Absolutely. that what a great <laughs> idea
3: what a great <laughs> idea
2: it's <That's> pretty smart <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like God knows what he's talking about or, or creating about. It's amazing. Yep. Hey, um, so I've heard um, you value district women's retreats. We've had some of those in our district. Terry's wife, Ruth, led those when she was here and did a great job putting those yep. together. And Jen spoke at one of them. Uh, I did. Correct. I did not attend, believe it or not.
3: Well, um, you missed out. I brought all of my socks from my sock drawer and I... Had a I did a fantastic illustration with man them. now I really? now I feel
2: like I did miss out sock, sock it to them. yeah right oh no, no. wow okay well anyhow what what happens seriously at district re- at women's retreats that doesn't happen in other settings that make them so valuable
3: well I could talk in generalities to begin with ju- that just the spiritual discipline of retreating is is so necessary. For, for any one of us. It because when we when we pause and when we break our routine and we go to a go to a setting where we can literally just retreat, we create space to listen. We create space to listen to God, to listen to each other. And it there's just also an opportunity in that setting to connect with women that you normally wouldn't connect with. I have a women's retreat coming up in our district here in a couple of weeks, and there'll probably be eight or nine churches represented. And every year, I'm, I'm, I'm so delighted to meet women that are from a different community than my own, some, and some of the women are from a different ethnicity than myself, but again, it's this, it's this reminder that we're part of something bigger, and so we're all in this space where we're just breathing deeper, <laughs> breathing slower, we're extending a little more grace to ourselves, we are letting God just restore and refresh us, and then we have that added bonus of being with a collective group of women that we don't always get to be with. And some really interesting things happen when we start networking with just new people. Our perspectives broaden. I think we're all just a little more encouraged that, oh, yeah, God is doing things in your community too, you know? And so I think the broader that we can make ourselves available to each other, the more encouraged we are as women.
1: So Jen, uh, speak to the woman who may be listening. She's busy. Yeah. She may work outside the home, or she may be at home homeschooling her kids right now Maybe. and working. Maybe she's discouraged. She's weary. What advice would you give her? How can how can she get connected to other women in the local church in a way that might be helpful to
3: her? Well, this is a this is a tough one. And the first thing I would probably say to that woman is just extend some grace to yourself. Yeah. Life, life is really difficult for all of us, and loneliness is, is a real thing. And so, it, you know, just accept that for what it is right now, but don't stay there. And I can only really speak in my own local church context and some things that I've seen that have been helpful. Even something as simple as having a Facebook group for your local church women to just jump on, to make a comment, to say, Hey, you know, I'm I'm struggling with this, or or hey, I, I need somebody to watch my kids today. Or it's there's something about that social media, especially in the Facebook groups, where you can reach out and give a small ask for something. I've even had women on my on my church's Facebook group say, you know what? I could really use a, use a coffee date with someone and you don't have to go through all of your contacts and make those awkward phone calls where people tell you, no, you can just kind of put it out there in a, in a group of, of, you know, a safe group of women of, you know, 20 or 30 women. And maybe one of them is also hungry to just have some fellowship. So, I would encourage every local church to have that available for their women, just a Facebook group in their local church, so they can just reach out in a very non-threatening sort of way. And and from that, then things can begin to develop. The other thing that I would probably encourage that woman to do who's feeling a bit discouraged is to consider some sort of short-term Opportunity with one or two other women. It, in in our local church, we have something called biblical friendship groups. And when the time is right, we just have three women commit to each other for six weeks to do something once a week. It may be as simple as reading the same devotional and then getting together once a week for a quick coffee, or it might be a quick Zoom. At, you know, at this stage of the game, just connecting for a brief time and sharing what did i what was i most encouraged by this week through those devotionals so creating like short term connecting opportunities with with a smaller group of women think smaller and think shorter rather than large the final thing i would probably say is keep your eyes open to events and opportunities and that that are being provided by your local church, maybe even within your community. You know, if, if there's something happening in your community, maybe you can ask one of your other church ladies to, to go with you to that sort of thing. But, so always look for opportunities where you can just connect together with one or two other women. It doesn't have to be a, a long-term commitment. It's just maybe what you need for that week or that season,
2: So, Jan, you mentioned earlier uh, about the importance of missional engagement for people, you know, for women that want to be leaders uh, in women's ministry. Uh, But, you know, sadly, it feels like sometimes life, if we have to be honest and repent, life gets in the way of doing the most important things. What would you say to a woman who knows Jesus and she wants to relationally connect with some women who don't know Jesus, but she doesn't want to just to pull them into all the church activities? There's What's a good way for her to do that?
3: I love this question because the easy thing for any of us to do is to be immersed simply just in church activities because those are the familiar, those are the safe, you know, those are within our comfort zones for the most part. So, for a woman who wants to really energize her own personal walk with Jesus, I would say get into your community. And again, think small it, it you don't have to have grandiose plans but if you decide to go to the coffee shop just even for yourself for a little bit of me time or whatever open your eyes and notice is there another woman who's sitting alone could you ask if you could join her yeah it, it, it takes a little bit of a risk but I am convinced that there are so many lonely women in our communities. And if, if I can encourage our church women to reach into their communities and just begin noticing who might be alone, who might need someone to listen to them. And then I would, then I would say, if you do find an opportunity to connect with another woman in your community, listen and then listen some more and then listen some more mm-hmm. learn how to ask good questions and just wait to to say anything about your life your walk with Jesus just you be patient think of the other and just listen i think that there's a tremendous potential if, if I could launch our women out into our communities to just begin noticing, to begin just coming alongside graciously and listening, asking some questions. Learn to ask good questions. What's going on in your life? If you want to get spiritual, you could say, is there anything that I could pray with you about? Because I have noticed that there are a lot of people are not opposed to having someone pray for them. Is there something I can pray for you or for your family? And it's just an opportunity to demonstrate I'm a woman of faith and I care about you. And, and is there a way that I can encourage you by praying for you? For me personally, I'm involved in, in the community in different volunteer positions and as, as, other community members sort of interact with me, I just keep my eyes open for opportunities to just share a bit of hope, a bit of perspective, a bit of understanding that I'm deeply loved and I, I want the same for you. So I, I just keep my eyes and ears open and extend grace to myself as well. Um, but getting out of the four church walls and just finding some ways to, to connect with your own community is key.
1: Excellent, Jen. Thank you. Thank you. Great. You've given us some great uh, in- information and inspiration. Uh, <laughs> well, today.
3: I always go back to the invitation of Jesus in Matthew 11 when he says, you know, come to me when you're weary, yeah. you know, when you're carrying heavy burdens. Yeah. I'll give you rest. You know, just just kind of, you know, hang out with me a while. Learn from me. You know, listen yeah. to me. You're going to find some rest for your soul. Mm -hmm. That's the sort of thing I would like to have them characterize my life as I'm out in my local community. You know, I I love, I would love it if people could see me just sitting alongside another woman, just listening and helping her find, you know, some rest for her soul because someone has taken the time to listen to her. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, thanks for taking the time to be with us today, uh, Jen. We really appreciate it. We appreciate your leadership in the Alliance and um, highly respect you and grateful for your friendship as well. So uh, thanks for talking with us on Equipping You Podcast.
3: Well, thank you for the opportunity. It was fun.
1: Well, we got some good stuff from uh, Jen Vogel today. Hope, hope it's helpful to uh, pastors, leaders, men and women who uh, uh, need some inspiration for women's ministry in the local church How about it, Caitlin? What'd you hear that resonated with you today?
0: Yeah, I think I totally agree with what Jen was saying about how women have changed over the years. Uh, It used, like she said, you know, it used to be that women would get together. They would commit to extended times together or an extended role. Um, And in our world, we only get busier and busier, men and women. But, you know, with that in mind, we have to shift how we think and how we do ministry together and i loved that she talked about you know just sitting and listening to someone you know we don't have to invite each other into these you know dramatic spaces where it's like i'm going to disciple you for a year or two years and yes those are great and they're important and they serve a purpose but to begin those types of relationships just saying hey you know, come over for dinner with my family and I, and you know, after the kids go to bed, you sit and you chat with somebody and hear what's going on in their life. I know for me, those have been the times that have made a huge difference um, in my relationships and helping me feel like I belong somewhere. So it was great to hear that echoed uh, for other people as well.
1: Think That's small, she said. Think small. So uh, Alan, if people benefited from this uh, podcast, what should they do?
2: They should share it with their friends. Uh, They can post it on social media. Always thankful when they rate it uh, on wherever they listen to it, because that helps to get to more people. Uh, But share it. Text somebody. Encourage them. Makes a difference.
1: All right. Uh, Please do that. We we are really grateful that you listen and hope that you find this uh, podcast helpful. Don't forget to join our Equipping You community on uh, Facebook. And uh, we look forward to having you again on the next episode. Until then,
0: keep the faith. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Equipping You podcast. If you liked this episode, please consider subscribing and rating our channel. We hope you will join us for our next episode. For more information on this podcast and other ministries of the Alliance, visit equippingyou.org.